Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, amigos y amigas? And welcome to the Tuesday Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Prize Picks. I am your dashing host, Josh Harris. What is going on, ladies? Joining me, as always, the yang to my yang, or is it the yang to my yang? I don't know. So, Cliffy. How was your day going? Uh, I don't think it matters which is the yin and which is the yang. Um, that's not not doing too bad. Um, was just reviewing last night's slate. Um, I didn't do so well. I got 39 points from my defenseman and 39 points from the rest of my lineup. So uh, not a great night for me. Frustrating in the sense that uh, we were talking in DMs. After the show, but before the slate started, about the low ownership on Philadelphia, um, it was starting to kind of set alarm bells off in my head that on a four-game slate, you might be able to get a top line against the Buffalo Sabres at low single-digit ownership. So I ended up going with Frost, Van Riemsdyk, and Tippett. Uh, not the right line, as Cates and Faraby both scored. Uh, Travis Konechny had a pair of assists. Them's the breaks, as they say, but um, sometimes you do pick the right. If you know, if you're single entry three max, something like that, sometimes you'll pick the right team, uh, you'll just get the wrong players, and that's what happened last night. And uh, on we go on to today. How'd you do last night? I made an idiot late swap, I made awful late swap, like it was like 658. Like, I try to set my lineup and then disappear until lock, just so like I'll like go cook dinner once I real well, like. If I have like 7 p.m. players, I'll just confirm that they're playing where they should be playing <laughs> and then go cook dinner because I don't want to late slop. But I, for, for whatever reason, right around the lock, I was just sitting there going, yeah. And I swapped out Fiala. I swapped out Yusuf Saros. I swapped out Gabe Velarde. <laughs> swapped <laughs> Cam Talbot swapped in. <laughs> you just swapped like 100 points out of your lineup. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, it wouldn't have mattered because I used Buffalo 1. But, I, like, if I kept it the way it was with the UC Sara shutout and Fiala, like, I might have been cashed. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, but that's just a really bad swap. I mean, sometimes that happens, right? Like, I... I swapped pretty late to St. Louis when I had my big night there last week, and it worked out really well. You swapped away from some pretty big scores, and it obviously didn't work out well. Like, that's just – that's the way those swaps go. And you always – you don't remember the ones that work out. You always remember the ones that kill you, and I, I think that's just kind of a bias on our side. Yeah, you know what else was ridiculous last night? First three games, the home, all the home teams got shut out. 
That was the first Buffalo. That was the first time this season Buffalo got shut out, and I got shut out by back to back on the road Flyers with Samuel Urson in that. I mean, like I hate going. Hey, you know, there's variance in DFS, yeah, and that's why we had the bad picks. But like that is just ridiculous. If we went back in time 24 hours, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna play Urson because you're gonna shut out the 60% Buffalo one tonight. Like, I would have got fired. <laughs> Like Jake would have been like, bye bye. So like, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. We have sixty nine people in chat right now. Thank you nice. very much. Make sure to smash that like button. Let's get to sixty nine likes before we get to hundred people in this chat. It'll it'll uh, keep going here. We have a nice, really really nice ten gamer here uh, tonight. Lots of spots. Lots of big totals. Got redemption chance maybe with Buffalo. We'll talk about it, but before we do, you know what to do. Smash that like button, subscribe so you can keep up with all of our DFS shows, offers, giveaways, much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. If you want a chance at getting into the Stochastic Hall of Fame, go to stochastic.com backslash avatar, download that Avi, change it on DraftKings and FanDuel, then place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Almost impossible in NHL unless you're in the Minimax. Uh, then you tweet the win to at StochasticHOF. If you don't have the tweet machine, which in 2023, not sure why you don't, you can email us with your screenshot and you'll win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. So if you want a chance at Stochastic, uh, free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, follow those steps. You can only win once per year, but one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum plus those winnings from those contests is a nice little prize there. Once again, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. We will have a nice offer for you uh, a bit later in the show. But let's uh, let's get into the slate here, shall we? And right off the hop, we're going to be talking about those Sabers who crushed about fifty percent of lineups last night. Seattle Kraken with a three point two total heading into Buffalo. The Sabers have a three point three total. Philip Grubauer is probable. Uko, Pekka, Lukanen confirmed. Seattle played last night, absolutely just lambasted the, the Canadians. We just talked about the Sabres. They just got shot up by the Flyers. Now, like, for whatever reason, Seattle is like a juggernaut on the road, and when they get home, they can't do anything, right? Now, the, both these teams are back-to-back. Like, I don't even know if Grubauer is worse than Marty Jones or better than Marty Jones. They're just both bad. Uh, so, like – and you look at the ownership here on Buffalo one, they were like 40 to 50% last night coming in 2% here. A lot of bad tastes in, in uh, fantasy players mouths here. I think there's a lot of merit, a lot of merit to going back to Buffalo one here. And also on the Seattle side, like, listen, Buffalo just gave up four goals to the flyers back to back on the road. Seattle is way better offensively than the flyers. That Tolvin and Bjorkstrand-Gord line looking spicy. That burkowski beneers Eberle line looking good as well. What are you liking here? Yeah, we do have to talk about Buffalo 1 again, obviously. Um, as you mentioned, with very, very low ownership, um, expected ownership here tonight. Um, best leverage by our top stacks tool, and it's not particularly close. Um, best top line by top two stack probability. Um, on the slate, I think they have the number three median total um, 
of all the lines here tonight, Pittsburgh top line and Colorado top line being the only ones ahead of them, those lines are going to be considerably more owned um, than Colorado or than Buffalo will. Um, we have Pittsburgh and Colorado, their top lines both coming in between 15 and 20% tonight. Um, that's over on DraftKings. Um, Colorado, much less owned on FanDuel, where they're super expensive. Pittsburgh still um, even, even higher owned over on FanDuel. Like, I didn't watch the Buffalo game last night. Um, so I was watching Ottawa pretend to be an NHL team. Um, uh, I did look at the expected goals numbers for the game. The Buffalo top line on a per 60 basis still generated over three expected goals for 60 minutes of five on five. Like they still got their chances, maybe not great, uh, grade a chances or whatever, but they still got their opportunities. Um, I think that's, you know, that's certainly important here. It's not like they just, I mean, maybe they look like garbage again. I didn't watch, I didn't watch the game itself. Um, but it's not as if they didn't. Yeah. But it's not as if they didn't get their chances. They also only got one power play. And that's something we brought up on the show yesterday. It wasn't really, it wasn't a good power play spot for Buffalo. Um, and that was the reason that I didn't want to play them. So it's, it's different here tonight. This is a good power play spot for Buffalo. Um, if you look, uh, if you look at just like the last, you know, six weeks, basically going back to Thanksgiving or thereabouts, Seattle's near the bottom of the league, um, in goals against on the penalty kill shots against not that far behind, um, this is a team that struggles to kill penalties. They don't take a ton of penalties, um, you know, 3.2 per game. That's about league average at this point of the season. Um, but Buffalo draws a lot of power plays uh, amongst the most in the league, if not the most. I think um, they're just behind Ottawa and maybe Edmonton now after last night. Um, but they draw a lot of power plays. They have an excellent power play. It's a good power play spot, and nobody's going to be playing them. I think this is the night you go back to Buffalo Whoever's in that, it doesn't matter. Whether it's Grubauer, whether it's Jones, whether it's anybody else they want to bring in, it doesn't matter until somebody in net can string together two good months in a row, which they haven't done in this franchise's existence. I don't care who they're playing against. So I really do like the Buffalo top line. They are the most expensive even strength line on the slate here today. Uh, Tampa Bay, um, Winnipeg, not that far behind. Uh, Colorado, a little bit behind them. But um, there are a lot of cheap spots, um, cheap players all over the slate. I mean, there's Arizona later the slate. There's some cheap Calgary depth. Um, there's some cheap players uh, down the Detroit lineup, even though it's not really a great matchup for them. There are cheap Islanders players. Um, there are guys, uh, there are lines, there are teams across the slate that you can use with Buffalo. I think it's worth going back to the Buffalo top line. I think they're my favorite, you know, expensive line on the slate here tonight. <laughs> Maybe one B with Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh ownership is going to be five times higher than Buffalo's. So I'm going to one. Um, if you want to put in Dylan Cousins and take out one of the wingers, make it a double center stack or something, I think you can do that. But I think just full stack in the top line is the way to go. On the Seattle side, I think it's worth noting since they changed up their lines a little bit, they've started to give that Beneers power play unit um, a little bit more ice time. Earlier in the season, like through the team's first 30-some games, it was basically like a 53-47 split um, in power play ice time. So basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, 50-50 between the two units. 
It's been closer to 60-40, maybe a little bit higher on the Veneer side since they changed up their lines. I think it's been seven or eight games now. Um, so with the Veneers line getting more uh, power play ice time and this being a pretty good power play spot uh, for Seattle, I think it's the Veneers line that I like the best uh, on the Seattle side Se- Seattle side here. Uh, their break even by expected goals for um, and against um, after a decent showing last night. Um, you know, Everly, he's not shooting a ton of late. That's been hit or miss through the season, but he's still on pace for around 20 goals and 70 points this year. Um, you know, Matty Beniers might be uh, the rookie of the year. It's just a good line. Um, Buffalo doesn't necessarily hard match. Beniers will see a lot of the top six. That doesn't really bother me. So it is the Beniers line I like best on the Seattle side, but I think this game is about Buffalo one, um, in trying to find a way to fit them in your lineups. Yeah, sorry about that. King Bacon Pie saw a squirrel. If I didn't mute my mic, he would have barked everyone's head off for the next hour. Had to go put him in his happy place. Yeah, I heard the caught the end of that. Beniers line is my favorite line as well. Whew, walked up the stairs once. Got to breathe. But yeah, um, if you want to use, you know, Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and go back to that well to fit in some more expensive stuff, that's fine. But Preferred for me, Beneers, Burkowski, Everlay. Wow, man, I'm out of shape. What a scene here. But, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of merit to going back to Buffalo one here. But I, a little birdie in the sky says we're going to be building a lineup a little bit later. So stick around for that. We'll go through that. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Columbus Blue Jackets with a 2.3 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a massive 4.1 total here. Elvis, Merzlikens, and Andre Vasilevsky are confirmed. Tampa 1's really expensive here. And of note, Anthony Sorelli was splitting some top power play time in practice this morning with Hagel. Now, the problem is Sorelli hasn't played on the second unit at all the last three games. So I'm wondering if that they're just going to you know, Hagel and Sorelli are going to split some time here. And that kind of is reflected in ownership because you see Kucherov projected 11% point at six, and then you see Hagel at two. He is also really expensive for Brandon Hagel, 6,200 on DraftKings. So maybe that's part of it as well. Um, you see some of these depth lines as well, like Stamkos Kalorn coming in with a lot of ownership. Um I think at that ownership, I'll probably just go to the top line. If you want to leave off Hagel and Adam Stamkos, the you know the salary disparity isn't massive here. So I, I think that's the route I would go. I'd probably power play stack. I just worry about Hagel's power play time with Sorelli splitting there. And Sorelli isn't on the second unit in practice. He wasn't on the second unit in the third game. So if Hagel gets off to a bad start, there's a good chance he sees Sorelli on that top unit. On the Blue Jackets side, like – I, I don't think I'll full stack anything in one to three, 2.3 total on the road. MME, Nyquist, Roslovic, Line are fully correlated. If you get to that like organically, I think that's fine, but I'm not going to go out of my way to put them in. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see the ownership on Tampa Bay because they're cheaper than Buffalo. Um, 21,700 on, on DraftKings is expensive, but it's not like super prohibitive, right? Like you can still fit in a reasonable secondary stack. Um, I did write up about uh, Nikita Kucherov in the picks article today. Um, 
just wrote, you know, he's just having another great season. Um, hundred, He's on pace for uh, about 120 points. Should just be an unreal year from him. Um, the top line has been starting to play better of late, um, even though they've been pretty good basically all season. Um, their last four weeks, 4.2 expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 6.7 actual goals for uh, Kucherov over four shots per game over his last five games. That top line's really starting to click. They've been good all year good to great all year, I should say, um, but really, really good of late. It's just a tremendous spot for Tampa one. Um, no problem, like full stacking them. Like I honestly, like I, I, I get that people will play Pittsburgh and Colorado. Like there's no problem playing any of those lines. They're all in great spots. They're all very good lines, but it, getting away from Buffalo and Tampa with this expected ownership it's just kind of tough for me um, considering, you know, Tampa has, I think is a top three line by top two stack probability uh, on both sites here tonight. So yeah, I really do like the Tampa top line. As for your point about Hagel and Sorelli, they did that last week. I think, I, I think I mentioned it on one of the shows that Sorelli was rotating in on the power play in practice. And then they go to Winnipeg and Hagel plays all four power plays every minute with almost every single minute with the top unit, right? Or every single second even. So like, yeah, yeah, maybe they do it, but is this going to be the game where they start mixing in Sorelli, you know, if they start pounding the Blue Jackets? Like maybe, but I, you know, if that happens, they're up four, four or five, nothing or something at that point, I assume Hagel's probably gotten in. So you know, if you want to take Hagel and put Stamkos in, I think that's just fine. But I don't know if I would risk it and drop him for Sorelli, yeah. especially where there's already low ownership on that line. So I do like Tampa 1. Uh, if you want to go to Tampa 2 and gamble with Sorelli, maybe getting some top power play time, I have no issue there because this is a really good matchup. Um, neither of the top two lines for Columbus in, the, in this current iteration are, are going to be any good defensively. Um, Rosovic and Line A. Um, well below average um, by uh, expected goal share when they skate together. Uh, Godro and Benstrom have even worse expected goals numbers uh, when they're together. So it's a good matchup for Tampa uh, at five on five. Not as much on the PK. Columbus's PK has generally been fine for most of the season. Um, you know, they're not Arizona or Chicago. That's something that I made a note of in that picks article. Um, but Tampa one's in a great spot. Really like them. I have no interest in Columbus here. Um, I, I get what you're saying by that perfectly correlated second unit. I just think they're going to get run over at five on five here. Um, it'd be more of like a one hundred and fifty play for me. Move on to the next one. We got the Minnesota Wild with a two point eight total heading into New York. The Rangers have a three point two total. Mark Andre Fleury is confirmed. Igor Shesterkin is probable. Rangers running back their lines <clears throat> that they have. I haven't seen news on Joel Erickson Eck. I know he left hurt. Is there any update on him? Uh, all I saw was that um, looks like Max Zuccarello um, is going to be back tonight, but I haven't seen anything on Erickson X specifically. Yeah, because he he got hurt and left in the last in their last game, so that's something of note. It'd be more of a note if the Wild were home, but they're on the road. Rangers dictate matchups here. <clears throat> Rangers top line is going to see probably the cappers offline. You know, the Rangers don't hard match. They go top six against top six. So, you know, the top two lines will see a fair bit of the other top six. Like, like if you want to go to the cappers offline with Zuccarello there, because they're fully correlated on the power play, 
maybe not if Zuccarello is back, like Steele might go to the second unit, but you get the two guys on the top power play unit. The one spot where Igor has struggled this season is on the penalty kill. So if you want to do it, you can. I'm not going to do that in one to three. Same with the Rangers here. Like I, in a nutshell, I like the Rangers top line. And I think it's more of an MME play. There's just so many other spots I'd prefer in one to three. Yeah, I I mean, with Zuccarello back, that Minnesota top line would be, I think, just under 19K now. Um, basically the same price um, as the Pittsburgh top line, a little bit cheaper than Florida too, um, about $1,000 cheaper than Colorado and probably coming in at a fraction of the ownership. Um, you know, Zuccarello was announced back this morning. They didn't have official line combinations. Maybe people don't want to take the chance and, and guess that he's going to be back on the top line. Like he'll be back with Kaprizov. I don't have any doubts about that. Um, but it might be a decent spot um, to you know, to get in on what should be a pretty low owned combination for Minnesota, right? Um, you know, the old top stacks with Matt Boldy on the top line had them at 4% ownership. I think it could be even lower with Zuccarello back. I'm going to be honest. Um, this seems like another one of those low owned spots that's uh, one to look at uh, in tournaments. It's just, you know, going to face Igor, it's always, I know he hasn't been the same this season as he was last season, but that's always a pretty tough ask of almost any team to go in and just kind of blow the doors off um, of Igor Shesterkin. And, you know, it's not as if the Rangers have like a a terrible penalty kill or anything like that. Um, You know, about the middle of the league by shots against um, top 10. I think they're just outside the top 10 by goals against on the PK since Thanksgiving. So it's not really a great power play spot for Minnesota, especially where the Rangers are only taking 2.9 penalties per game. That's, you know, quite a bit lower than the league average, which is about 3.25. Um, Minnesota doesn't draw a ton of power plays. Like the, this iteration of the Rangers lines are both pretty good defensively. So I, I don't have a problem with going to the Minnesota top line because it's going to be pretty low owned and um, at the same price or a little bit cheaper uh, than much higher owned spots like Pittsburgh or Colorado. That's why I would do it. Um, I just think, honestly, even though they're much more expensive, I would probably just rather go to Buffalo one. And even though they're, you know, a fair bit more expensive, I'd probably just rather go to Tampa top line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, on the Rangers side, it would probably be just going back to the top liners, Benajak, Kako, and Kreider. Um, they've been playing pretty well all season long. They've, they're up to 60 minutes now since their reunion. Uh, three expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 5.1 against 67 shot attempts generated per 60 minutes. They're creating a lot of offense. Um, two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. Obviously, Minnesota has um, a good penalty kill, but it's starting to slide a bit and it's not super elite. And, you know, Kako's come alive a little bit of late, right? Um, I think he has like 10 points um, in... 23 shots in his last 15 games or something like that. Not great, but he's doing something. And at his price, he doesn't need to be super elite. So I like the Rangers top line the best in this game. You want to go to Minnesota one because they're probably going to be pretty low owned. Um, even at their price, I think it's fine. But I think it's the Rangers top line that I would gravitate towards here. Yeah, they're kind of on the fringe for me in one to three. They're more of a 20 to 150 max. Let's move on to a festival in Pittsburgh. Vancouver Canucks with a 2.8 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.8 total. Spencer Martin probable. Casey DeSmith 
conf- Brucey baby Bruce Boudreau said there's a couple of guys who are hurt and he doesn't want to give a lineup. Yay. Um, no idea who that could be. It's kind of hard to project. Like the lines as they are right now are Parison, Kuzmanko, JT Miller, uh, McKay, and Horvat Besser. But if one of those guys is one of the hurt ones, he can completely blow up the lineup. As it stands, I like that Kuzmanko, Patterson, Miller line. We'll just have to wait and see on it. On the Pittsburgh side, Pittsburgh one coming in with pretty, pretty heavy ownership here for uh, a 10-gamer, about 18% in our top stacks tool. They do have a massive projection. This is a very good spot. Um, people just like the rust up there more than they like Ricard Raquel. Uh, for whatever reason, like when Ricard Raquel was up there, he was shooting the puck more. Um, and they, they kind of had better numbers. But now that Raquel has gone to the second line, Jake Gensel has started to shoot more now. And I think that's better for Pittsburgh, if that makes any sense. So I, I do really like pit one here. I also like pit two as you get two guys on the top power play with uh, Malkin and Raquel. Zucker ain't no third wheel, so you can include him and just full stack. Yeah, I think either the top two Pittsburgh lines are, are perfectly fine here. I think the reason they put Raquel with Malkin is just because of that shooting and playmaking that you mentioned. They want him alongside Malkin, and it's more valuable there than it would be on the top line where you already have Crosby and Gensel. Um, I did write up Sidney Crosby for the picks article today. Um, you know, it, it seems to be getting boring at this point, but he's in his 18th NHL season and he's on pace for, I think around 40 goals and hundred points. <laughs> like he, he just, uh, absolutely can't stop producing. Um, the top line with Brian Rust there was something they did a lot earlier in the season. Not so much of late. I wanted to see how they performed, you know, in fits and starts over the last several weeks. So I look back to Thanksgiving. Pittsburgh top line with Russ there, 3.7 expected goals for 3.8 actual goals for all playing somewhere between 19 and 22 minutes over their last half dozen games as Pittsburgh started to lean on their top six a little bit more. Um, I think it is a tremendous, it's a tremendous spot for Pittsburgh and more importantly, it's a tremendous power play spot for them. Like Vancouver, as I mentioned in that picks article last by um, PK say PK uh, kill percentage in the league this year, 68% or something like that. It's, abysmal um even if you look just since the, i think december 1st they're still giving up the fourth most goals against per minute while on the penalty kill so um the big note that i made was that raquel you know since joining the power play there maybe about five weeks ago now completely changed the way that that pittsburgh power play um has looked um since uh since Raquel joined, they're generating 19% more shots, 57% more goals. Um, you know, do they still, you know, produce like that with Ty Smith running the power play instead of Crystal Tang or Jeff Petrie? I mean, we'll see long-term or at least until the Tang gets back, but um, Pittsburgh one, I think is perfectly playable here. Uh, I agree with you. Pittsburgh two, definitely um, a, a playable line here tonight. Coming in with negative leverage, but even at 10%, I think it's just fine. Either of the lines are fine. I'll lean to the top line because I think Gensel, Crosby, and Russ will just get more ice time, um, and they've been playing better than that Pittsburgh second line of late, but I think either are fine. On the Vancouver side, yeah, that you know that um, Pedersen-Miller uh, line is intriguing. I was looking at their time together, though. They're kind of getting run over defensively, which I think 
you know, you kind of expect with any line with JT Miller on it. I don't really dislike that second line, Horvat, Besser, and Mikheyev. I mean, you get Horvat and Besser on the top power play unit. Um, in their sample together, they're up to about 80 minutes. They're actually plus by expected goals here. They're over 50%, 2.8 expected goals for two and a half against. Um, you know, Besser's shooting a bit, 24 shots in his last 10 games. He has a couple shot bonuses mixed in there as well. You know, Casey DeSmith is not a good goalie. Pittsburgh's still missing their top two defensemen. Um, that Vancouver second line, two out of the three players are on the, on the top power play unit, and the entire second line's under 15K on DraftKings. I think that Vancouver second line is one of those mid-price lines that's going to get overlooked here tonight. That's really not in that bad of a spot. So I don't mind Horvat, Besser, and Mikheyev, um, but this is obviously about the Pittsburgh top line for me. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on the Vancouver combos. During warm-ups, it's one of the things that you just have to pay attention to. If the lineup is messed up because of an injury, kind of takes me off. If they're if the if the combos are there, yeah, I will have some interest in Vancouver just because like I'm not a big believer in Yari and he, and Casey DeSmith couldn't overtake him. So that says all you need to know about the Pittsburgh goaltending. So I do have interest in Vancouver as one of the road teams today. As we mentioned off the top of the show, we are Sponsored by Prize Picks, and you can get one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a hundred dollar match deposit or <laughs> deposit match bonus when you sign up, make it, and make a deposit with Prize Picks. All you gotta do is click the link in the description below. And what Prize Picks is, it's a daily prop based contest. There's no sharks, optimizers, mass entries. You don't have to worry about Jake stealing your money because you're not playing against him. You're playing against yourself. It's a five player lineup can net you up to ten x your entry fees. Use your knowledge of multiple sports. You can do basketball with NHL. You can do football with it. Like you can mix and match sports is basically what we're saying here. I have two for NHL today. I have Steven Stamkos over three shots on goal, which is nice because if he has three, it ends up being a draw. And then Timo Meyer over four and a half shots on goal as well in prize pick. So make sure to check that out. Click the link in the description below. Get your free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and the $100 deposit match bonus. Let's move on to the next one. New Jersey Devils with a 2.8 total. Heading into Carolina, the Hurricanes have a 3.2 total. Vitek, Vanacek, Piotr, Kuchi, Kochetkov, probable. This is an interesting one because with the Hurricanes pretty much fully healthy here, and the stall fast Martinuk line going out against top comp on the Devils here. You get Stasny Netches and Svechnikov and Aho Jarvis Pacioretty going out against middle six matchups of the Devils here. Now, the Devils are a pretty good team defensively, although they have slipped in the past, you know, four to six weeks. And Pacioretty has, has looked pretty good with Aho. Um, not much ownership here on Carolina. I, I they're honestly in consideration for me in one to three, despite the 3.2 total and going up against the devils who are a good defensive team. Uh, yes, they are in consideration for me as well. Um, yeah, we were talking in our discord this morning uh, about the devil's defensive slide. The team on the whole, I think since it was Thanksgiving, we were looking at is like seven 17th uh, by expected goals against in the league at five on five. Um, in the range of of uh, some teams that you wouldn't want them to be 
um, in the range of the Philadelphia Flyers being one of them. You know, they're not a terrible team, but certainly not elite. Um, you know, San Jose, Ottawa, Buffalo, Arizona, like those are the teams in the group um, with uh, New Jersey by expected goals against the final five since Thanksgiving. Now, if you want to dig into that a little bit further, the big problem is coming from the bottom six. Um, again, since Thanksgiving, so um, we're looking at about, uh, what, seven weeks now, give or take, almost seven weeks. When the Devils have their top forwards off the ice, so no Hishier, no Brad, no uh, Jack Hughes, no none of those guys, their expected goals against, which would be the bottom six is expected goals against from New Jersey, is three. That's awful. Their actual goals against is at like 3.1. That bottom six for New Jersey is getting caved in pretty regularly and has been for weeks now. And this is why it's important for this matchup is because, as you mentioned, Stahl's going to take top competition. I think it's going to be Jack Hughes, but whether it's him or his year, it doesn't really matter. That Stasny Natchez Svechnikov line is going to go out against whichever line the Stahl line doesn't go out against. So it'll be one of Hughes or his year. And that's going to leave Aho, Jarvis, and Pacioretty against the New Jersey Devils' bottom six at five on five. That gives them a tremendous matchup um, at five on five. We don't know if Pacioretty and Aho are going to be a really good line long term. I assume they will be. Um, I wrote a Pacioretty for that picks article today. Like he's been out so long, we can kind of forget that in the three seasons before he was hurt, he was averaging roughly. Um, 39 goals, 41 assists, and four shots per game over every 82 games in the prior three seasons. Like, And he was doing that playing 17 to 18 minutes a game, which is about what he'll get in Carolina. He doesn't need 21 minutes to have a fantastic fantasy night. Um, in practice yesterday, Ajo, Jarvis, and Pacioretty were all in the same power play unit as well, what I guess would be the second unit with Brett Pesci, but the same power play unit regardless. So this is a perfectly correlated line on the power play that is going to get bottom six matchups at home. I really like Aho, Jarvis, and Pacioretty. If you want to go to the New Jersey side, I think the line that I would go to um, would be um, Hall, would be uh, the Brat Hisher line, um, just because I think they're the line that misses Eric Stahl. But I'm going to be honest, I, there's not a lot that's appealing for me from New Jersey in this matchup amongst their forwards. I think this this game is all about the Ajo patch line. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And Carolina has a very good penalty kill. They're very good defensively. That stall line is ridiculous. Um, not the best matchup for New Jersey. If you want to play Hughes, I think that's fine. That dude has just been on an unreal tear. But 
again, not a priority to me. We got a $1 super chat from James. Thank you very much. Uh, I would assume that's from Cliffy answering some questions in chat. So thank you very much. Appreciate the super chat. Any questions? Just keep asking, man. We'll get to them if we get to them. So let's move on. <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets with a 3.2 total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 2.8 total. Connor Hellbuck is probable. Billy Huso is confirmed. We saw in an island game over the weekend, Ellers, Dubois, and Connor absolutely just go nuts against the Canucks. This is an equally as good matchup here. Um, what's his face? Tyler Bertuzzi is back for the Wings unaligned with Larkin and Raymond, right? Yeah. 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 And then that leaves, for whatever reason, like they demoted Perron down to like the third line. But it is what it is. Uh, we like the iteration of old Detroit one here. I just like Raymond hasn't been playing great this season. Bertuzzi has been out for a while. I guess if you want to try to get ahead of the trend and play them here, I, that's fine. But like Connor, if Connor Howellbuck is confirmed, that's just a brutal matchup. Uh, this is about the Jets for me. Excuse me. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna start on the on the Detroit side. Because um, they did, you know, throw Tyler Bertuzzi not only on the top line, but the top power play unit as well. So the top power play unit has Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi and Larkin. Then it also has Perron and Fabry. Perron and Fabry are what is on, I guess, the third line for Detroit. Whether they actually end up with true third line minutes, I doubt. But we'll just call them Detroit three for now. Um, so they're going to be going up against the Winnipeg bottom six, which is kind of interesting to me because, you know, I, I do think Winnipeg has a really good top six. I think the Winnipeg bottom six is really bad. Um, that's why we kind of pick on top lines going into Winnipeg is because they use that third line as a shutdown line. And it's not very good. Um, so I don't really hate like a Fabry Perron two man, if you want to do that here tonight. But the problem is, is, is Winnipeg has one of the best penalty kills in the league. They don't take a lot of penalties. And I saw a tweet earlier that made me look something up. And I, I just realized it. the team allowing the second fewest goals against per minute this season next to only Boston is Winnipeg. Um, you know, it's not only a function of Connor Hellebuck playing well, and he's playing extremely well, don't get me wrong. But the team itself is playing well, and they're not taking a lot of penalties, and they're doing a very good job on the penalty kill. You know, Detroit's going to have to get there at five on five. You know, does one line score enough here to have a GPP winning score at five on five against Connor Hellebuck? Like, it just seems like a pretty tall task. Um, not super excited about anything in the Detroit top six. Like, I get if you want to use Larkin and, and Perron and Raymond, they do have a history of some success together. Um, not as good as you might think. Um, I was looking at Detroit one, uh, Detroit's top line numbers. Since January 1st of last year, it's about 240 minutes together. 2.6 expected goals for, 2.9 against, 1.7 actual goals for, only shooting 5.4%. But, um, you know, even if you double that, 3.4 goals for per 60 is pretty good, but it's not a lead or anything. It's a really tough matchup. I do think Detroit 3, that Perron line, is the best line um, for, me, for me from Detroit in this game. Now, on the Winnipeg side, Ehlers, Dubois, and Connor have played a little bit together, not only this year, obviously, since Ehlers got back, but last year as well. And they've been absolutely electric 
offensively. 3.6 expected goals for in 110 minutes together. Six actual goals for. Kyle Connor has 45 points in his last 31 games. That, you know, that's like a 120-point pace or something like that. It's just absolutely obscene what he's been doing. Not seeing a lot of ownership on that Winnipeg line either. Like I said, I don't mind Detroit 3, but I think it's Ehlers Dubois that I like the best here, and it's not particularly close, especially um, when you look at that Detroit penalty kill. The Detroit penalty kill has been struggling basically all season long. Um, they've had their fits where they've been fine, but um, certainly have not been good um, of late. I was looking at um, their numbers for that picks article earlier. Bottom 10 uh, by shots allowed per minute on the penalty kill um, since December 1st. Only Arizona's giving up more goals per minute. It's a really good spot for that Winnipeg power play, even if they don't draw a ton of power plays. I like Winnipeg one here quite a bit. Yeah, and I like Billy Huso as a goalie. He can only just do so much on this roster. There's like no one who could play defense on this roster. No. It's just literally no one. Yay. I like I like Winnipeg as well. Let's move on to the next one. Got a five and a half total in this one. Dallas Stars, they 2.8 total. Heading into uh the island. That sucks. The New York Islanders have a 2.7 total. Jake Ottinger, Elias Sorokin confirmed. I saw a tweet from an Isles beat writer. Uh, I think it was Kevin Kurz that Sorokin has exceptionally better numbers at home than he does on the road. Doesn't really have like context to it, like who they're playing or who he was playing, starting against, but generally he has better numbers at home. These Islanders lines are just miserable, like legit miserable. Um, big news for the stars. Rope Hintz is out. Tyler Sagan up on that top line. Like this, this game just, I think my favorite thing out of this game is the goalies. If you want to go to that Dallas one with Sagan there, Sagan is going to jump up onto the top power play. It's a $2,300 discount for Rope Hints. You also get, you know, Tyler Sagan who can't move anymore because he has no hips, but like you still have Robertson Pavelski there. I, I could see myself getting to some Dallas one in MME. The problem is Sorokin at home, but like these Islanders lines. They're always in their own zone. They're giving up a ton of shots. So, yeah, like Dallas won MME, but nothing in one to three on either side, really. Yeah, I mean, those home road splits uh, do bear out over Sorokin's career. 930 save percentage at home, 919 on the road. Um, goals against average of two at home. <laughs> like, um, I, maybe it's not just him. Maybe it's the team as well. But, um, you know, Anders Lee jumping to the top line with Matt Barzal is kind of interesting. Yeah. For me, because Lee and Barzal have generally played pretty well together whenever they do get minutes. It's that they don't play a lot together because they are probably the team's two best offensive options. And if you put them on the same line, you don't have anything else through the rest of the lineup besides maybe Brock Nelson, right? So I think they leave lead with Nelson mostly just because Barzal can carry a line to decent offensive numbers and Lee can help Nelson do the same. But in over 100 minutes, Lee and Barzal together over the last couple of years, 3.4 expected goals for only two and a half against three and a half actual goals for, um, you know, Barzal's, you know, with his recent little scoring stretch, he's on a 20 goal point per game pace. Like he's playing exceptionally well, um, you know, hints being out, you know, Robertson and Pavelski are really good players. And I think Robertson's one of the guys that should be in the hard trophy conversation. So it's not as if it's going to be a bad line, but, 
you know, you just kind of have to look at somebody like Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota, right? Like when, when Zuccarello's not there, yes, Kaprizov is by far the better player, but they do have a certain amount of chemistry together that they don't have with other players. And I'm kind of wondering if, you know, Hintz and Robertson might have that where Sagan and Robertson don't. At the same time, back in that bubble season, Sagan and Robertson did play a little bit together. They do have good numbers um, in a limited, you know, limited sample, 150 minutes over the last three years, 3.2 expected goals for 3.3 actual goals for you're right. I think Sagan goes to the top power play unit as well. So they're perfectly correlated, but it's not a great power play spot. You know, the Islanders only three power plays given up per game penalty kill generally been good, especially because of Elias Rokin. I just don't think it's really a good spot for the Dallas top line. Like, you know, any line can get there on any given night. They do have almost no ownership. Like we're probably, we're probably going to see this line coming at like 1% ownership, um, which is why you might want to play if you are playing 20 lineups or 50 lineups or something like that. Other than that, I think this is uh, more about Liam Barzal for me. I really like that two man. Um, you know, if you want to throw Holmstrom on there, cause he's only 2,500, uh, go ahead and do that. It's a pretty cheap stack to to put together in that sense. But it's Barzal and Lee that I like the best, especially where the Islanders mercifully are going back to their old power play units. They're not breaking everybody up. So you are getting Liam Barzal on the power play unit with Noah Dobson. So Liam Barzal for me, um, nothing for me from the Islanders depth. I don't want anything to do with that third line. Nelson's numbers without Anders Lee are really bad. Like, I mean, is this guy in NHL or bad? Um, 1.4 expected goals for 3.4 against over the last three years when he doesn't have Anders Lee beside him. So I think it's about Barzal and Lee. If you want to go to the Dallas top line, I think that's fine, but it's the home side for me. Yeah, not my favorite game on the slate. Not Vegas's favorite game either. They're not expecting a lot of goals here. Before we move on, we have a 499 super chat from Wolf Girl, one of our favorites. What's up, Wolf Girl? Thank you very much for the super chat. She says, appreciate your hard work every day, boys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being in our Discord, asking the hard-hitting questions, dealing with the boys stuff. <laughs> dealing with idiots like us. Um, yeah. Thank you for appreciating uh, the work we put in, and thank you for providing uh, the pictures of your pups, uh, your dogs. We love uh, seeing the dog pics um, in the chat whenever uh, you do post them. So thanks for the super chat, Wolf Girl. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and shout out to Haas for not understanding that Arctic sled dogs want to be outside. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Haas's blues. <laughs> He's going to kill me. It's all right. Calgary Flames with a 3.3 total heading into St. Louis. The blues have a 2.7 total. Jakob, Jacob Markstrom, and Jordan Bennington are confirmed. You know, the Blues going back to Thomas Buchnevich, Cairo. I like that line in a nutshell. Not the best matchup here. The The Flames kind of have, I don't want to say, like, been better for DFS. Like, they've been better for actual hockey. With these lines, I don't know how great they've been for DFS, like because they split their minutes pretty hard. But that Lindholm to Foley Dubay line, as long as you don't watch Dubay play hockey, <laughs> has been pretty good for DFS. Like watching Dubay play hockey is one of the most frustrating things. But like, if you don't watch him, he'll get his your, his assist and the couple shots on goal at thirty nine hundred. That's good enough. I do like the to Foley Lindholm Dubay line. Uh, don't mind the backland Coleman Mangiapane line. Uh, 
Blues don't take a ton of penalties, so I don't think that the it's necessary to power play stack here. I think you can full stack. But um, yeah, Blues won. Really like the Flames. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to make the cut in one to three, but they're at least in consideration. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, with the injuries, any scoring is probably going to be concentrated on the top line, maybe the second line. You know, Shen and Saad have definitely been playing pretty well since those injuries hit. But, uh, you know, our line of builder has a median projection for that St. Louis top line of 32 points. That's not nothing. I mean, that's higher than any line from Detroit that we just talked about. It's higher than any line from Carolina that we talked about, higher than any line from New Jersey, higher than any line from Vancouver, um, about in line with the Rangers' top line that we, we talked about earlier in the slate. You know, they're not coming in with much ownership. So I think St. Louis, one, is in consideration here. Um, it is a pretty tough matchup, though, mainly because Calgary has a really good penalty kill. Um, you know, the Flames do take a lot of penalties, 3.6 times shorthanded per game. But like you said, St. Louis doesn't draw a lot of power plays. Maybe they get three opportunities here tonight if, if they're lucky. Um, and the Flames just have a really good penalty kill. So, like, I don't have any issue with using that St. Louis top line or the second line, really. Um, you know, they haven't been playing, you know, particularly well either. But when you're shooting 17% of 5-on-5, it will certainly look like you're playing well. Um, you know, if you want to use Sad and Shen in a two-man or, uh, you know, Shen and Barbashev or something, I think that's fine. But St. Louis top line at least has to be considered, you know, amongst the higher end of the mid-price lines, let's say. Um, but honestly, I think I would probably just rather and go play like the Rangers uh, top line uh, for a relative, you know, relatively the same price. Um, you know, even that Vancouver second line that I mentioned earlier against Pittsburgh, I think that's another option there. So, um, certainly the Carolina Pacioretty Ajo line we just mentioned. I think those are all lines that I'd rather use instead. So for me, it's about the Calgary side. You know, not seeing any ownership until Foley, Lindholm, and Dubé kind of makes me want to go that line. They've been pretty good since being put together. And we're up to 120 minutes now, which uh, in Daryl Sutter time is about 10 minutes games worth five on five ice time. 3.4 expected goals for 2.2 against 4.7 actual goals for they've been playing exceptionally well, creating actual scoring chances, which is not something this Calgary Flames team did through the first 30 some games of the season. Uh, I really do like uh, to fully Lindholm and Dubé tonight. If you want to save some money and, and dip down a little bit, I think back in Coleman, Manjapani is just fine. They've been playing exceptionally well since being put together. Also coming in with a bit more ownership, um, but like you mentioned, St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties, two and a half times shorthanded per game. So I think you want to focus on the five on five matchup and the way the lines are playing at five on five, uh, more than the power play. So, you know, Backland Coleman, Coleman on Japani, uh, something like that, perfectly acceptable, but it's, I think it's the fully lit home Dubé that I like the best in this game. Yeah. That's my favorite line as well. And if you roster them, just don't watch like Dubé is a legitimate Tasmanian devil on the ice. Like it's, he's just all over the place. You're going to, you're going to. Your blood pressure is going to go through the roof if you're above 35. If you're under 25, you're going to just start hitting, you know, the kegerator. It's just going to be a scene. But anyway, we can offer you a five-day risk-free trial for Stochastic NHL, and it gives you access to everything we have to offer. Projections, ownership, top stacks tools, rankings, everything you need to have success in NHL DFS. You also get 
the Discord, which we just talked about. Very valuable things going on in the Discord. You get the late breaking news. Uh, the lineup builder here. While the, while it's up, since we use it for the show, let's try to build a lineup here with you guys. 165 of you in chat. Smash that like button. We're going to build a lineup before we get to the last two games. We've we've gone through eight of them, so we can build a lineup without you know the last two teams or the last two games of the night. So who's going to be the primary? Go the, you want to go back to the the? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Let's just do something a bit chalkier and then try to get different with a secondary and defenseman. Okay, so let's put in Pittsburgh one then. Okay, let's do that. We'll go Crosby, Rust, and Gensel. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There we go. All right. Secondary stack. Who are we going to look at here? I mean... I think we can, can fit Winnipeg in. No, we can't. No. Why don't you no. try the Pacioretty line, see if you can fit them. Yeah, we can do that. Aho, Jarvis, Pacioretty. 13,008 left. We put in a 7,800 goalie. Lives, lives, you know, 3,000 defenseman. We can definitely do that. I say we go with that Carolina line. Yeah. Uh, who are you liking in that? Like, Sorokin's kind of cheap. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking of. Um, he's in my picks article. He's going to be double-digit ownership, but it's a really good spot for his the, price. So the I thing like about so. goalie ownership is it doesn't matter if they're the – as like legitimately goalie points is what matters. Yeah. And if you think he's going to be the top-scoring goalie, you put him in. What What's left for defensemen? 3,100 for each defenseman mm-hmm. on average. So here's the yeah. thing. With hit one, Ty Smith is running that top power play, and he's 2,900. May as well put Smith in then. Yep. All right. Uh, Smith is in. We got third. Um, Yoga Jonas Siegenthaler is the defenseman I was looking at for $3,300, but I don't want to take him going up against Carolina. I don't think. I mean, um, well, yeah, that's kind of true. Like 3,300 is a, kind of a weird spot. Like, I don't want Essel and Dell going up. I mean, you can play Essel and Dell against your goalie, like, it's not going to be like a huge thing because. But let's see here. Who else we got? I mean, you know, we could put, I guess, Tyler Myers against Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure I want to do that either. Um, I kind of, yeah. you know, who I was thinking is Andrew Peak from Columbus because yeah. Gavrikov is out. That's a good I imagine, one. Imagine Peak's probably going to have to play 23, 24 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I like taking those shot blocking defensemen against teams in massive totals. All right, let's do that. So, peak. So, there we go. That's our lineup. Pit one, Carolina one, uh, Sorokin in net with Ty Smith, 
and Andrew Peak as a defenseman. You can see here uh, zero salary on average, $100 remaining, and a projection of 98.99 or 99 points. When I make my lineups, I try to make sure they're over 95 points, unless it's like a three-game slate or something like that, and I'm trying something different. But um, just as a rule of thumb for DraftKings, if you're using a lineup builder, if you put a couple stacks together and put your lineup together and it comes out to 81 points, you you know, you might want to look uh, for something a little bit different. It doesn't have to project for like 108 points or something, but, you know, somewhere in the 95. Yeah, that's a sample lineup that you can that we're using today and that you can use with the lineup builder if you do uh, jump in with that free um, five-day trial. Yeah, so click the link in the description, sign up. We'll see you in Discord. Lots of interesting things in that Discord. It's invaluable, though. A lot of people get along. It's, it's, it's great. So let's move on to the final two games of the night. San... Who? San Jose Sharks with a 3.4 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a three total. Capo Kakin and Carol Vimelka are confirmed. Looks like DFS stochastic darling Barrett Hayton up on that top line with Schmaltz and Keller. That is a fully correlated line. Um, nice. Also really like going back to Hurdle and Meyer. Like they're getting a lot of ownership but it's less than the Pittsburgh top line. Coyotes penalty kill, abysmal. Hurdle and Meyer on the power play, very good. You get LeBanc there at 3,600 as well. He's not on the top power play, but he actually has been playing pretty well this season. You don't need too much from him. If you want to leave him off, adding Couture Barabanov for more power play, that's fine. I think both top lines, I wouldn't game stack them against each other but i think depending on what price points you need here don't mind barrett hayton tonight yeah probably both top lines definitely for me um so looking at san the san that san jose top line has more or less been together a lot of this year um certainly you know i think barrett banoff's been on the top line at times so is nieto or whatever but um it's lebank hurdle and meyer that have been playing a lot so looking at their numbers just since december 1st so uh, six weeks um about that <laughs> you want to talk about high event hockey four expect 4.6 expected goals four per 60 minutes of five on five 3.2 against uh 5.2 actual goals for two and a half against um they've been giving it up defensively and even though the san jose goaltending has been playing poorly of late they've been playing well enough at that top line on the ice so not a terrible matchup for the arizona top line especially where San Jose's penalty kill has really been let down by their goalies of late. Um, should note the Sharks still aren't allowing a lot of shots on the penalty kill. It's just the goaltenders have stopped saving them, um, which wasn't the case for the <laughs> first big deal there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a problem for them. Uh, it wasn't really the case through the first two months of the season, but it certainly has been for the last month. And where those guys are all perfectly correlated, I think they're definitely in play. Uh, you know, if you want to just one, one off Hayton, uh, because he's so cheap, I think that's fine. If you want a one-off Keller, uh, be, I think that's fine. But where they're perfectly correlated, it's tough to just one-off one of the guys here, unless it's Hayton, because he's only 2,700. You know what I mean? So I really do like that Arizona top line. Hayton and, and Keller have played well together. Uh, going back to last year, 3.2 expected goals for, 3.4 against, 3.5 actual goals for. 50% by shot attempt share, which 
on an Arizona team feels almost impossible in any meaningful sample, but they're actually doing it. So I don't mind the Arizona top line. Nothing for me from the depth. Um, since Michelli got hurt, it's just been not, it hasn't been the same for Lawson Crows. So nothing for the Arizona depth for me. Um, on the San Jose side, I agree with you. I really like that top line here. Uh, if you want to make it a power play stack, take out the bank, put in Couture or Bear Banoff. I think that's just fine. Arizona has one of the worst penalty kills in the league, right down there with like Chicago and Vancouver. So, uh, and they are one of the most penalized teams in the league as well. So San Jose could certainly uh, get their opportunities here tonight. Um, I do like San Jose one. I do like Arizona one. Um, there are uh, there's going to be you know disproportionate ownership on both, but I think it's just fine considering. It's a six and a half total in this game. There should be a, a lot of ownership. Yeah, and the Coyotes have a three total, which is like I think their highest total this season. And that's more of a reflection on how bad the Sharks are defensively. Because if you go back, it's not even uh, maybe a week ago when the Sharks played the Ducks in Anaheim. Like that, Timo Meyer had two goals and ten shots on goal, and the Sharks lost in overtime because they couldn't they couldn't do anything defensively. Like the McTavish line went absolutely nuts against them. So like. This could be some serious high event hockey. I would not stack them against each other because that's kind of counterintuitive, especially on a 10-gamer. But if you want to pluck Hayton with Hurdle and Meyer, I think that's fine. Let's move to the last game of the night. We have the Florida Panthers with a three total heading into Colorado. The Avs have a 3.2 or excuse me, 3.4 total. Sergey Bobrovsky is confirmed. Alexander Yorgiev is probable. Colorado going back to McKinnon, Lekkinen, Rodriguez, Newhook, Randon, and Comfort. I like those iterations just because Evan Rodriguez shoots more when he's with McKinnon. Randon shoots a lot more when he's away from McKinnon, so it gives them a little bit more dynamic two lines here. Um, the Panthers kind of blew up their lines a little bit in practice yesterday. The lineup builder does not reflect that. It was – Sam Bennett with Kachuk and Verhage, Barkov with Reinhardt and Anton Lundell, if I remember correctly. <sighs> Who, who's there? I always forget the coach's name. He was the Winnipeg coach last year. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. Class A dingus. <sighs> I like in theory, I like these lines, but I don't think testing them out against the apps tonight. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Bennett and Kachuk have very good numbers together, but, like, there's no sample on Barkov, Wondell, and Reinhardt. Like, can it be good? Yeah, but, like, I just don't know if this is the spot to do it. Yeah, I I was looking at Barkov and Reinhardt, Um over the last couple of years together, um, they do have 110 minutes together without Carter Verhage on the left side. So you'd probably be looking at maybe Anthony Duclair was there at some point um, when he was healthy. Um, maybe Mason Marshman last year or whatever, but not like good, but not great. 3.2 expected goals for 2.7 actual goals for like, that's not what you want from a top line. I think it's still playable for this reason is that they're going to see a lot of the Colorado top line and Erod and McKinnon. You want to talk about Firewag and hockey. Um, they're up to 60 minutes together uh, playing together this year. 4.4 expected goals for 4.2 against per 60 minutes. That's street hockey. 5.2 actual goals for five against per 60 minutes. Uh, it's like, 
it's like low grade power play time whenever those two are on the ice together at five on five. It's fun to watch as a hockey fan. I watched that last game. It is fun to watch. I'm sure it doesn't make the coaches super happy, but for that reason, I think the Florida top line is going to get their opportunities here tonight. Um, and Colorado's penalty kill has not been very good. That's something that we, you and I have mentioned on the last couple shows. Like at best, middle of the pack at times this year, bottom ten. Um, you know, Florida. You know, now Ryan with Ryan Howard on the top line, you get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. I think four to one is definitely in play here. I did mention them in that picks article. Um, what I wrote about them was that uh, they were they had the second highest top two percentage um, of any line priced under sixteen thousand tonight on DraftKings. They're, and they're not getting a lot of ownership. I think Florida one is one of those mid price lines with two guys on the top power play unit that people are kind of overlooking that I think is definitely in play against, especially against an app team with a mediocre at best penalty kill and a top line that just races up and down the ice uh, should be a fun one to watch. Not so much on Florida two Florida two is playing extremely well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but that Colorado second line, uh, uh, with uh, Rantanen and uh, Comfort, they really drag down the pace of play when they're together. I expect Florida 2 is going to be in a slog here tonight, so it's the Florida top line for me. Colorado 1 also very much in play, um, like I said, because um, they do race up and down the ice. Florida's penalty kill, not very good either. Florida takes a ton of penalties. I think it's the second most in the league now behind only Arizona. Uh, for time shorthanded per game. So it could be a really good spot for the Colorado power play in those top guys. So I like both top lines here. If you want to make it a power play stack, uh, take off e, uh, Rodriguez and put on Rantanen or something like that or put on Confer. I think that's fine. But Rodriguez is priced fine. He's probably going to play a lot of minutes because, you know, that's just what they're doing until they get fully healthy. Um, and he likes to shoot the puck a lot. I think it's both top lines for me in this one. Yeah. I, this game is going to be a festival. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, and it's not at 10.30. It's at 9.30 Eastern, which is great. Last game of the night, 9.30 Eastern. 3.03. Yeah, I know it's 3.03. I'm saying this game is at 9.30 tonight. Let's talk a little bit of defensemen here. I'll go some cheapies. I'll let you talk about – if you have other punts as well, you can add those in. But Ty Smith is the obvious one, power play one for Pittsburgh, 2,900. He's going to be popular. Just keep that in mind. Don't mind Brett Pesci, 3,900. Sebastian Ajo, the Isles. Sebastian Ajo, 2,600. Scott Mayfield as well, 3,600. Andrew Peake, 3,200. Essa Lindell, 3,300. Uh, any other punts you like? Uh, Brendan Dillon. I always play him, uh, even though he doesn't always, doesn't seem to get there, but um, he has good block shot grades. Don't mind Brendan Dillon uh, for cheap. Uh, in the mid-priced range, only I only wrote down three guys. I wrote a Colt Pareko in the picks article. He's averaged over 25 minutes a game over the last 11 games because they have so many injuries on the blue line. Um, not a great matchup against Calgary, but I think there's a chance he has one of those games where he's like three shots and like six blocks or something like that, something crazy like that. I, I think that's definitely in play for him here tonight. Uh, Shane Gostaspare running the top power play for Arizona against that Sharks penalty kill that's as James and Chat mentioned, generally been pretty good this year. It's been the goaltending that's really let them down as late. Uh, Mid-price range, I'll mention Jake Wallman as well. I think he's fairly priced now at 4100 I think it is on DraftKings. But I still think that's, especially where he's getting secondary power play time now, I still think that's uh, perfectly acceptable to play him at 4100 
Yeah. I like the Wallman. We love the Wallman. Um, who you like in the net tonight? There's some fairly obvious ones, but there's not. There's some sneaky options as well. Yeah, Sorokin is the guy that I wrote up in the picks article. I think he's probably going to end up in my lineup. I haven't made a lineup yet, but it seems likely. If I wanted to pay up, probably Georgiev. Um, Colorado's done a decent job at limiting shots, but Florida can gen- generally generate shots against almost anyone. Uh, so don't mind Georgiev if you want to pay up. If you want to go cheap, uh, Carl King Carl at home uh, against the Sharks and Vitek Vanacek on the road against Carolina. I any goalie against Carolina will always be of interest to me on any slate. Yeah, I think I think a couple seventy nine hundred options for me. Igor, Connor Hellebuck. I think a spend up option also is Pyotr Kochekov. Um, Andre Vasilevsky for cash games. You know the Lightning are like an almost minus five hundred favorite. I don't know if I do that in GPPs, but I definitely do it in cash games. Um, let's see, I, let's see if there's anything really, really cheap here. I don't think there's anyone under seven K tonight on DraftKings. No. Well, there's Merzlikens, but I'm, well, not Merzlikens. Playing, I'm not playing Merzlikens going into Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather just not play. <laughs> yeah, I mean one. Tampa's not going to shoot a ton. And two, a lot of them are going to end up in the back of the net. So got another $10 super chat from James. Thank you very much. He has, I don't even, I didn't even know you can add emojis or whatever they're called to super chats, but thank you very much. Oh, it's a super sticker. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Who are you looking for your hat trick pick? I mean, I'm just gonna go chalk here, Jake Gensel. I like I'd normally go spicy. Ah, I'm going spicy. Barrett Hayton. <laughs> wow, that would be something else. Barrett Hayton. All right, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see uh, Arizona kind of just pound San Jose here tonight. Would would be great. Uh, so for Cliffy, I am Josh Harris. Make sure to smash that like button on your way out. Fade Josh Hattrick pick is what I've learned. James off the top rope after two super chats today. <laughs> Thank you. What a way uh, to end the show. Yeah. Uh, we will actually be back tomorrow. There is a four-game slate. Uh, so we'll see you guys tomorrow. Smash that like button. Thank you very much, and good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew 
to learn more.